0: Hello! Welcome to Not a Fire Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she-her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they-them. And this week, Lindsay is just recreating an entire empire, I guess? (laughs) Yes! I'm finally doing
1: it! Because by the time this podcast comes out, this episode comes out, the following day will be the Ides of March, and it will be how many years?
0: At least ten years since the fall of the Republic.
1: (laughs) It will have been shit forty four minus twenty twenty (laughs) one.
0: Twenty one years.
1: Well, no matter what, it's like over two thousand years since. Been a while. Fuck. (laughs) 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 Since Caesar's assassination. Because, yes, this this episode comes out on the 14th to 15th of March. is the Ides of March. What's an Id? Uh, 15th and the. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, there's actual, like, religi- Roman religious significance to the Ides of March. Um, the Ides of each month was uh, sacred to Jupiter, the Roman supreme deity. The Flamens Dialis, uh, Jupiter's high priest, led the Ides sheep in procession along the Via Sacra to the Arcs where it was sacrificed. In addition to the monthly sacrifice, the Ides of March was also the occasion for the Feast of Anna Perenna, the Goddess of the Year, uh, from the Latin word annus which means year. That's where we get the word annual from. Uh, whose festival originally concluded the ceremonies of the new year. The day was enthusiastically celebrated amongst the common people with picnics, drinking, and revelry. Oh, so proven. (laughs) (laughs) And later on in the Imperial period, it became part of the Holy Week festivals, which included celebrating the uh, Magnemator. The Romans were pretty liberal with just like folding in gods into their own pantheon. Yeah. So anyway, this all leads into we are rebooting HBO's Rome.
0: Well, you are. I'm just kind of along for the ride.
1: (laughs) Okay. I am rebooting HBO Rome, the series that watched so Game of Thrones could eventually crash and burn. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of a dry run for the big, high-budget costume dramas that HBO could later produce. Yes. And unfortunately for poor Rome, the original showrunner had planned about five seasons, and he got two. Oof. Yeah. So the second season was a bit of a... Like, it was still good in terms of writing, like, great, but oh boy, did they have to pack, like, almost 10 years worth of history into one season.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. So, basically, HBO's Rome kind of runs like this. We're going through Roman history from the uh, Conquest of Gaul by Julius Caesar to the Rise of the Julio Claudian dynasty and the imperial period under, uh, Augustus Caesar, who was formerly known as Octavian, who was formerly known as Octavius. Okay. As Romans get stronger, they get cooler names.
0: (laughs) Like a Digimon. Yes.
1: (laughs) And, um, the original showrunner indicated that he wanted to maybe get to the rise of a messianic archetype over in Judea, but that would also go a little bit further into the julio uh, claudian dynasty during the reign of Tiberius, like, the end of Tiberius' reign and the beginning of Caligula's reign, and I'm like, if you're gonna go that far, the story isn't quite complete. Hmm. We're gonna go to the end. We're gonna go to Nero. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna go to the end of Nero. Now, there's another layer to the story where our main point of view characters are these two Roman dudes, a centurion named Lucius Varinus and a legionary named Titus Pulo. Um, They're kind of somewhat based on real people. Their names come from two people who were mentioned in the writings of Julius Caesar and they seem to have fought with him in Gaul, but otherwise they might as well be O.C.s. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's like how with like certain properties, like uh, there's a one-off character who gets named and yeah. all of a sudden it's an OC vessel. You can do whatever you want with them. Um, So they're going to be our main point of view characters and be the audience surrogate. Because Rome is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say the Roman world is weird. And while I've had time to figure out what to do, it's mostly like, what are the highlights? Do... That I have to hit. And I've managed to come up with 8 seasons worth of a TV series. Possibly 12.
0: 12 seasons?
1: Now, what I'm thinking is like the 10 episode one hour long oh, sort okay. of setup. So you can pack in a lot of stuff. Okay. But like, yeah, if I'm going to go all the way to Nero and I'm starting with Julius Caesar, it's going to be a bit. <laughs> but I... In case I don't get to Nero, I could theoretically end it fairly well with uh, Augustus, aka Octavius. <laughs> There's like three separate period to- periods to that kid's life.
0: Yeah, you, al- you almost want to just do an uh, Augustus-slash-Octavius-slash-Metal-Octavius <laughs> series <laughs> just on its own. <laughs>
1: The guy reigned for so long, too. Like, he was 70 when he died, which is old by Rome standards.
0: See, what was there really so much going on in his life that you can make several seasons worth out of it?
1: Well, I was thinking ideally one year season, but possibly two, because I can kind of divide his life up into him establishing himself as the Emperor of Rome and doing the whole juggling act of no this isn't to- this isn't an empire-, empire i'm totally not a a monarch <laughs> a senate the place just rubber stamp whatever i want <laughs> and then the second half is more him there was a lot of disasters that that hit the julio claudi family all at once oh okay and it's mostly him trying to navigate all that um like his designated heirs died uh, very suddenly there was a bunch of other scandals going on. Like it, It's more like the damage control half. Mm. Until you get to Tiberius who was not his favorite and was not supposed to be the heir. <laughs> Which uh, creates a complex for a guy.
0: I can imagine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he uh, tried to retire one time and nobody was happy about that. Uh oh. Yeah. So, Augustus might require splitting into two seasons, but I can see, like, in a single season of Augustus, the high point will be, or not the high point, but, like, the big budget part will probably be in the middle with the Battle of the Tudenberg Forest. Okay. So, anyway, we should probably start from the beginning. We're gonna go to Julius Caesar and the first triumvirate, which consisted of him, a dude named Crassus, and a dude named Poppy Magnus. Poppy Magnus was the golden child of Rome at the time, and like, he rocketed up the Mons Maiorum with a lot of, like, nobody had ever seen a kid like him before. A, A kid, I mean a man like him before, but like, you start off young in Rome. And he managed to get an unprecedented four triumphs. Like, prior to him, a general was lucky to get one triumph, and it was considered, no, you only get one. The gods deem it, you only get one. So, yeah, you have that. You got Crassus. He's the richest guy in Rome. Possibly one of the richest men to have ever existed. Oh, wow. Yeah. But has no, uh, military experience and none of, like, the public glory. And he's kind of one of the most hated men in Rome because of how he got all that money. Um, he ran the first fire brigades in Rome and, uh, they were more of a racket. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's Julius Caesar who managed to scrape through the prescriptions of Marius and Sella by the skin of his teeth. And uh, he's been rocking, rocketing up the May arm himself and he is now back in Rome after conquering Gaul, which is modern-day France and parts of Belgium. So they're trying to run things together, but then things start falling apart because big personalities. And then uh crassus decides that you know what i want some actual glory and respect in rome i'm going to invade parthia which is modern day iran and he loses badly oh he gets captured there's one story of his death and this is the one that we're going to go with because it's the most dramatic he got uh gold poured down his throat yikes yeah <laughs> George R. 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 Martin pulled a lot of stuff from history and how uh, Viserys went out in Game of Thrones. He got that from Crassus. Um, the triumvirate breaks apart. Pompey winds up fleeing to Egypt but then he gets betrayed by Ptolemy the Eighth, And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to impress Rome and bring stability back to Egypt and get some Roman protection by presenting Pompey's head to the last man standing in this triumvirate, Caesar. Caesar did not want that.
2: Hmm.
1: Caesar was actually very famous for his clemency and for, like, being a very forgiving victor. And he wanted to reconcile with Pompey. They were friends. They were, at one time, father and son-in-law because Pompey was married to Caesar's only legitimate child, Julia. And Julia sadly died in childbirth.
0: Hmm. That's an age concern.
1: <laughs> Look, it's it's Rome. In fact, they treated marriage very differently from even how we do it now. Like, we still go in thinking, oh, this is potentially for life. Roman's like, no, this is a business contract. As soon as, like, this becomes inconvenient, you're splitting. Hmm. So, yeah, a lot of people were just married and divorced like that.
0: Okay, well, that's good, I guess.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, in the case of Julia and Pompey, they seem to have actually loved each other, which is kind of rare at the time. And, like, Julius Caesar's like, Julia was my only child. So, we have a connection here. I want to reconcile with you, Pompey, but I can't because he's dead! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was legit pissed. That's why he ends up teaming up with Cleopatra. Hmm. Now, this is where we bring in, uh, Verena Simpulo because, uh, Cleopatra's kind of in exile because she and her little brother are kind of having a civil war because they are joint rulers, but they're not getting along. And honestly, Cleopatra's the only one who actually knows what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> um, basically Rome does a bit of an old history where in our timeline, Caesar fathered a child with Cleopatra. She named him Caesarian. In Rome's timeline, Pertus Pulo is the one who fathers Cesarean. Mm-hmm. And this is going to become important a bit later. So you go back to Rome. You do all of the other Rome politicking stuff. There's um, certain characters that I am going to change because I wasn't entirely 100% on board with their portrayal. Uh, mostly Atia, Attia got the scheming mother. Uh, she's like proto Oh okay. basically. Yeah. But yeah, she got the full scheming mother treatment when... Like, first off, there's not a lot about Atia. Atia is Julius Caesar's niece. Okay. And she's the mother of Octavian. Okay. Because uh, Octavian, a.k.a. Augustus, was the grandnephew of Caesar, and he becomes the chief heir to Caesar when Caesar is assassinated. So, what we know about Atia is that she was actually considered overprotective by Roman mother standards. And when Caesar gets assassinated, she... Tries to tell her, she tries to persuade her son to not take the inheritance because she's like, This is dangerous. You're putting a massive target on your back. Just live a quiet life, please. And he's like, But I could be master of Rome, mother. (laughs) I could have it all. And he did get it all. He gambled right. So, yeah, season one is mostly going to be the events from the breakup of the triumvirate to Caesar's assassination. And we're going to see that. Another important player that we're going to have and develop is Brutus. Because Brutus kind of has, I feel like he gets a really odd treatment in most stuff set, like, about this period. I think maybe Shakespeare was the closest in portraying him as a very conflicted idealist. Because it's all based around the nature of his relationship to Caesar. And I don't think this quite gets emphasized enough, but basically Caesar always saw Brutus the main assassin and the main focus of the assassination plot as a surrogate son, basically. So Caesar had a reputation for sleeping with everyone and everything. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite the <laughs> Uh He even got called the queen of Bithynia because when he was a young man on a diplomatic mission, he slept with the uh, Greek king of Bithynia and uh, he allegedly bottomed. And in Rome, like they were fine with homosexuality, particularly male homosexuality, as long as you were on top.
0: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> hot damn, it feels it feels like Roman discourse is making a comeback, doesn't it, sometimes?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare a free Roman man bottom to a Greek Woof <laughs> Yeah. So there's that. But Caesar, for a very long time, had a relationship with Brutus's mother, Servilla, to the point where sometimes there was the odd rumor that Brutus was actually Caesar's son with Servilla, even though it's provable that, no, th- Brutus was, like, a little kid when Caesar turned up. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, no, his dad was probably his dad. But even then, like, Brutus's actual father died when Brutus was fairly young, so Caesar kind of stepped into the role of being the father figure for him. So you can see how conflicted he's going to be. But he's also like this idealist of, like, he wants to protect the Roman Republic. He thinks it can be reformed. Plus, he's got the weight of his ancestry on him. Yeah. And the thing with Rome is your family's history and reputation was everything. Right. Like, unlike today where a rich kid can get by on their name and not really do a whole lot. <laughs> like. In Rome, you had the advantage of your family name and your family's reputation, but you were expected, especially if you were a man, to do better than your ancestors. Yeah,
0: if you if you mess up, that is, <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems it seems self explanatory. But if you were messing up and like bringing dishonor to your family name, that was seen as a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to today, where it's like. Oh, race to the bottom, almost,
1: yeah. Um, in Rome, if you messed up and you had a big family name, like say you were part of the Scipio family, um, it's best you don't come back home,
2: yeah, basically,
1: just just go, <laughs> or better yet, fall on your sword, yeah. So the thing with Brutus is that he was descended from the guy who overthrew the Etruscan kings who used to rule Rome. And Rome, Was paranoid about monarchs, even though they wind up having monarchs later on. But, like, there was a lot of pretense about it. There was a lot of pretension and sugarcoating it. But yeah, like, one of the reasons why the conspirators were able to persuade them over to their side was saying, like, Caesar's gonna make himself king. And your ancestor overthrew a king. You gotta do this. (laughs) Yeah. And that's also why the per- the betrayal has to, like, really fucking hurt. Mm-hmm. Because Caesar is like, you're basically my son. The son I never had. Even though, like, technically they're Caesarean, but he wasn't really around for Caesarean's life.
0: But Caesarean is in canon. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's season one. Everything goes to shit. <laughs> Which, the thing with Rome is that this was, like, the longest... Period of semi peace that Romans had had during Julius Caesar's reign as dictator, because he makes himself dictator for life. Uh, because prior to that, they had gone through like 50 years of civil war after the fall of Carthage. Like, there's an entire generation who have just known nothing but violence. And now, fuck another civil war again. Our children are gonna die. Why do the gods hate us? <sighs> Not enough bull sacrifices. Um, so season two is going to be, uh, the conspirators versus Caesar loyalists, which will consist of Octavian, uh, he goes from Octavius to Octavian when he takes on Caesar's inheritance. Uh, Mark Antony, who, despite being a hedonist who will fuck everything that fucking moves, even more than Julius Caesar. Uh,
0: sh- <laughs> he was still a
1: really good administrator and super loyal.
0: Is the problem with the Roman politicians is that they're just too horny? I mean, I know that was Caligula's problem they made a movie about, but we're not even close to there yet, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, a lot of them were way too horny. They were either too horny on Main or not horny enough, <sighs> in my opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> will, will you be reaching Caligula?
1: Yeah, he's um, he is the third emperor. Um, so it goes Augustus, Tiberius, uh, Caligula, Claudius, and then Nero. Trust me, Caligula's reign is only gonna be a single season, because <laughs> he was one of those emperors who burned hot and burnt bright and, uh, went out super quick.
0: <laughs> Roman Empire, 80% speedrun. run. Yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so season two is mostly like the fallout from Caesar's assassination. There was a missed opportunity in the original series when Caesar was assassinated. They didn't show Mark Antony making his very famous funerary oration. So um, if you know your Shakespeare, that's the Friends Roman Countrymen speech. Instead, they had they kind of like cut from Mark Antony about to make that speech to someone in a bar kind of jokingly riffing on it Mm -hmm. and it's like no this is the speech that whipped rome into a frenzy to chase out the conspirators from rome yeah we gotta show that
2: yeah
0: that's
1: gotta be the season showstopper right there so we're probably not going to do the full friends romans countrymen lend me your ears thing but we could probably piece together something along the lines of what was actually said and what we do know is that because unfortunately the actual speech was kind of lost to history
0: it's not like anyone could live tweet it
1: (laughs) yeah but basically it whipped the crowd up into a frenzy to get the conspirators out of rome uh mark antony also made a whole bunch of big promises like caesar left all of his fortune to rome he didn't um but he pointed out like caesar loved rome and he wanted to protect rome and do good by rome and he was, you know, doing all these good things to try and get it stable after 50 years of civil war. So, like, it's gotta be powerful enough that, yeah, it hits hits you right here. And then we go to season two. It's mostly cleanup, but also like, the problem of Mark Antony and Octavian fucking hate each other. They both see themselves as the legitimate heirs to Caesar, even though Mark Antony wasn't named in the will. And they form the second triumvirate with a dude named Lepidus who's kind of like... He's the Zoidberg of the group.
0: So he's a large lobster man. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Might as well. (laughs) He got North Africa and Hispania. That's about it. Even then, he didn't keep Hispania for long. (laughs) No, the big conflict is going to be between Octavian and Augustus. And not Augustus fuck uh, mark antony uh, because mark antony famously runs off to egypt and fucks cleopatra also i want to note something on the casting of cleopatra um she's probably not going to be played by an african descended actress but i'm thinking greek or middle eastern
2: yeah
0: I, I don't society has progressed past the need of a white cleopatra
1: yeah But here's the thing about the Ptolemies. Uh, They were Greek. They were from Macedonia. They also really did the whole incest thing that some Egyptian dynasties did. Not all Egyptian dynasties, but some. Uh, So she's lucky that she turned out to be the smart one. She also wasn't quite that much of a looker, but like what attracted people to her was that she was super intelligent. Yeah. Just a really great conversationalist. We almost need someone who can speak, like, three languages. Because she's known to have spoken uh, Egyptian, Greek, Latin, um, and I think she spoke Hebrew and, like, an old version of Arabic. Okay. Yeah. So she needs to be multilingual and have charisma for days, yeah. which actors mostly do. But, like, she's got to be able to work a crowd. Like, she was super popular. In Egypt during her time. So yeah, there's that. There's a whole issue over. um, While Mark Antony was schtuping Cleopatra. He also was married to Octavian's sister, Octavia. (laughs) Which, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's certainly not confusing at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Rome, just not known for being creative when it came to names. Also, there was the whole Mark Antony it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to conquer Syria and give it to my one son. I And this chunk of North Africa is going to go to my daughter. And this other chunk of Asia Minor is going to go to my other son. And Caesarean is going to get Egypt and Rome. And it's like, Mark? Mark, honey? That shit ain't yours to give. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. The the big Conflicts, lots of intrigue, but again, Mark Antony is actually good at appointing like lieutenants and people to govern other places because uh, Augustus actually like kept all of Mark Antony's uh, like governor appointments. Okay, and there was a bunch of client kings that um, Mark Antony appointed that Octavian's like actually yeah y- you're competent you can stay and actually all of you are really good choices. Fuck. <laughs> also, you're all loyal to Rome. Fantastic! So yeah, the big ending battle is going to be the Battle of Actium, which is a a naval battle. And then that's where Mark Antony is defeated. He goes back to Alexandria. He and Cleopatra barricade themselves in the palace. They eventually die. I don't know if we're going to do the snake death, though, for Cleopatra. Okay. How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I mean... Is it historically accurate, or was it like a, a sensationalist thing created?
1: Probably sensationalistic, made most famous by Shakespeare.
0: What is her more likely death?
1: Probably some regular poison or a dagger.
0: Uh let's go dagger. Yeah, I guess I don't know. It's <laughs> it's not something that has a huge bearing on the historical uh, like repercussions, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just most people are like the sort of asp that were. was available in egypt that's a really painful way to go out and i doubt cleopatra would have wanted that wanted it that way like yeah it's dramatic but also like give me a sword
0: i mean you just don't like snakes
1: yeah i i don't like snakes
0: i mean you don't have to be on set while they do it
1: (laughs) i know i know even then i can't imagine you know having to wrangle a snake to do that
0: (laughs) i know it's not going to be a poisonous snake at all but like fuck a lot of historians have said that Cleopatra probably injected a poison into her body rather than using yeah. a snake or any weird stuff. So yeah. that that's probably a better thing, is either drinking or injecting poison.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was plenty of poisons lying around at the time. Yeah. So we bring in Varinus and Pulo again because they have a relationship with Caesarian. So historically, Caesarian kind of disappears after Cleopatra and Mark Anthony uh, die, and it's generally assumed that he was assassinated because he was Caesar's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, because his younger half siblings, they were taken in by Octavian's mother and raised by them, and then they went over to Africa because uh the daughter Cleopatra Selene married the king of Mauritania, and they kind of lived. They lived quietly and fairly, really pretty much just dis- disappeared from the historical record. Yeah, after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So in this version. Varinus and Pulo sided with Margantini, and they managed to smuggle out Caesarian, and they're going to tell him about his uh, actual paternity, that he isn't the son of Caesar, but he's Pulo's son also. Varinus had a lot of family drama, and he has been separated. Uh, basically, his wife is dead. He's been separated from his children they're back in rome he's over in alexandria possibly a wanted man because unlike his great uncle octavian is not very forgiving so i'm not entirely sure what the plan was for those two but i would imagine that they're living in secret raising caesarean maybe i don't know they start new families or something (laughs) who knows family drama the big thing that i want for the generations going forward because this is this is a show that's going to be covering about 118 years of history
0: do you want this to be also shown in school
1: no there's going to be too many boobies <laughs>
0: <laughs> university then
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the uni students can take the boobies in the full frontal nudity <laughs> Because also Romans had very different, um, they were actually pretty relaxed about nudity. So yeah. So yeah, there's going to be that. Third season is Augustus as emperor, trying to figure shit out. Also during the second season is when, or even as early as the first season, um, he had two guys. One named Messalinas and the other guy named Agrippa, who helped him out a lot. Especially when uh, he became, when Augustus became emperor. Because a thing about Augustus is that he didn't have the best health out there. And it's a miracle that he made it to 70. One of the reasons why he was trying really hard to establish his rule over Rome and why it was so difficult was because he had a reputation for cowardice, allegedly. What would happen is before a big battle or a big military campaign would happen, he would get sick. And the Romans are like, huh, that's real convenient. He's sick again, and particularly Agrippa had to do a lot of stuff for him. Hmm. Now, him and Agrippa were really good friends, and Agrippa becomes part of the family eventually, but, like, it's a lot of having the cover for him, and I think probably most of the time it was genuine sickness,
0: but-, but sometimes it just like a mental health day. It's hard being emperor.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There's that. There's also growing his family. Eventually, the kids get older. They start marrying. They start having kids. And one of the people that enters the family is his son-in-law, Vorinus. This is where we get to the Battle of Tinberg Forest. So a character that we're going to introduce in Season 2, is going to become important for, or not Season 2, Season 3, is a guy named Arminius, who is also known as Herman because he was a Germanic warrior who was basically raised in Rome, but he was always loyal to the Germanic peoples. And Part of Augustus' vision for Rome is that he thought that Rome's natural borders, especially in northern Europe, should have, would make like an L-shaped access from the Elba River, so from the North Sea down to the Alps, and then along the Danube to the Black Sea. So he wanted to conquer that actual land and really establish Roman control over it. And then the Germanics would be on the other side of those rivers. So Varinus, who has very little military experience and is really just a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) So you know this is going to be
0: bad. (laughs) This is going to end wonderfully.
1: (laughs) Leads three legions and their camp followers and baggage trains slowly into Germany. And they're led, being guided by Arminius, who is secretly a German loyalist. Whoops. So they get betrayed real bad? And also maybe caught in a freak cyclone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just on top of it all.
1: <laughs> and people get massacred. It's gonna it's not gonna be a fair battle. It's gonna be super scary, but also like we're gonna let it better than like the one battle in season eight of Game of Thrones, the, the one against the Nightwalkers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I wasn't watching Game of Thrones I extremely was not watching Game of Thrones. By that point. Actually, to be fair, I think I was, I was not watching Game of Thrones so hard I went back around the loop and was kind of watching it again. Do you know my dad started <laughs> watching Game of Thrones with the second episode of the last season?
1: Oh no! That's where
0: he started from.
1: <laughs> oh honey, no. And every,
0: every week I'd just be up there like, do you even know what's going on? No. Then why you keep watching? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it wasn't even the season with tits all that often.
0: <laughs> but what I do remember from that battle, because I did see gifts of it on Tumblr, and it was very blue. Yep. It, was, it was very uh, day-for-night blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna light it so much better. <laughs> Pretty sure Power Rangers Mystic Force had better day-for-night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, later on uh, the Romans... Lead expeditions into Germany to try and like figure out like what happened. Maybe find survivors. Um, And and also find the all important eagles. Because you lose an eagle, you might as well (laughs) you might as well not come back. (laughs) And they do manage to get like two of the three eagles back. But, like, they never use those Legion numbers again. And apparently, when they go into the Tutenberg Forest, it is like a nightmare scene where you could see where, like, people were impaled. There's skeletal, like, half skeletal remains all over the place. Just carnage everywhere. It's like something out of a horror movie. I want the set designers to go buck wild.
0: This is your free <laughs> reign
1: budget. Yeah. Here is, uh, you know what? Him the check over. Blank? Just fill in the cost after. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to be, like, a climax. Or at least, like, for the Augustus arc the mid part. Because afterwards, it is all disasters for the Julio-Claudian family. Uh, Augustus was grooming uh, two of his grandsons to become emperors after him. They were, like, real good, real smart. And then all of a sudden they fucking died from disease. Like, unfortunately, this starts the rumor about Augustus' wife, Livia. Livia has a reputation for being the evil stepmother who poisons everyone.
0: Oh no, not again. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, She probably didn't. (laughs) She maybe poisoned one or two people. (laughs) I mean, she was an ambitious Roman matron. But, what? (sighs) Nobody wanted Tiberius to become emperor. That's the thing. Tiberius was never cut out to be emperor. He didn't want to be emperor. He got burned by his own stepfather. Oof. augustus too many times he was forced to divorce his first wife or another woman and that woman cheated on him so bad there's a reason why he tried to retire to and just be like you know what fuck everybody i'm out and then there was the other kid that nobody wanted on the throne because everybody thought he was gonna be a, a disaster himself claudius who actually turns out to be the good emperor hmm. yeah the biggest mark against him was that he probably had a stutter oh no Yeah. It might have been something else, too. Um, There's rumors that Julius Caesar might have had epilepsy. Hmm. So,
2: I don't don't know.
0: I I feel like if he did, that would have been... Okay, so on the one hand, I feel like that would have been much more well-documented if it was true, because they... I want to say that's the kind of thing, like, uh, he was possessed by a demon...
1: Yeah, and then we that, could go back, look at our symptoms and go, oh, that's fucking epilepsy.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, like, the the Romans were at least kind of knowledgeable about health stuff.
1: Yeah, but they were also really big about, like, editing history to make themselves look better. That's
0: true, but it's also, it could have been something that they had enough of a handle on that they didn't think it was an yeah. important enough to mention.
1: Yeah, and, like, most of the time, Claudius kind of spent his life in the background and basically living as an academic as a pet academic for his
2: family okay
1: so he isn't really involved with a lot of stuff until caligula because caligula's like oh yeah it's just uncle claudius i can totally control him he'll do whatever i want
0: your friend and mine caligula
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the thing with tiberius most of tiberius's character stuff is going to be during augustus's reign because tiberius only reigned for about 10 years and he was a very reclusive when he was actually emperor, he basically didn't live in Rome. He lived on the island of Capri. and um.
0: Did he invent the pants?
1: <laughs> no, Romans didn't like pants.
0: Oh, no. They thought
1: it was barbaric.
0: That's why nobody trusted him as emperor. He invented pants.
1: <laughs> yeah!
0: <laughs> He's
1: wearing that Gallic shit. <laughs> so, Tiberius is mostly... In the background, the guys are doing most of the stuff for him, and this is probably where we could focus more on the Judea stuff going on. Um,
2: oh, I,
0: because I did. I was looking at some stuff while you're uh, setting up backstory, and I did see that the creators wanted the series to end like right before Jesus was born.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, nah, the story isn't complete for Rome or for like this part of Rome. I just feel like it should have gone to Nero. I don't know. It feels more complete to me. Okay but i can also see like why they wanted to end with like the birth of jesus but, because
0: like, they don't they don't want to portray it probably
1: yeah there is that but like we don't necessarily have to portray jesus himself because like there's very little evidence that you know what there might have been some religious leader named Yahushua Ben Yosef living in Judea at the time. Hold
0: up, everybody, we about to blaspheme. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, Christina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I okay, Lindsay, I know you don't go on the loser-like-me Discord very often, but most of the time, the person posting in the faithful chat is me, and I'm just sharing, like, Christian memes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, my point being is that Jesus actually had, like, a super common name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like how at our high school there was like seven joshes and Dr- jordans there was mostly jordans
1: yeah there was a lot of jordans so we might portray stuff in uh judea we might go to other parts of rome to see what's going on maybe go up to Britain or whatever also there's germanicus who was tiberius's son and uh was that he a german like loyalist a little- <laughs> No, this is um, actually a Rome loyalist, a member of the Julia Claudii family, who was the golden star of the family.
0: Why did they name him Germanicus then?
1: Because he was, uh, he helped conquer a whole bunch of Germany. Okay. Yeah, because the Romans also like to give like, you are successful conquering X place, or we're going to give you the name of the place as part of your, it's a cognomen. Cognomen. Uh there's a famous general from the Second Punic Wars named Scipio Africanus because he conquered Africa. Okay. Or at least Northern Africa, but that's still a huge chunk of Africa.
0: So you're saying that if they went far enough east and fucked around, we could have had a guy named Japanicus? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Note that down in the alternate history timeline.
1: <laughs> I mean there was one point when the Han Chinese almost got into contact with Rome and like they knew that each other existed.
0: It just they had they had bigger problems going on.
1: Uh that and also the Parthians were like we don't want them Okay, the Chinese are on that side. The Romans are on that side. And work the middlemen who controlled the trade between the two. Are we gonna give up that monopoly? <laughs> Fuck no. so some Parthian guy told the chinese ambassador oh yeah it's gonna take like two years for you to get to rome from here it's
0: so far away oh my gosh
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the chinese ambassador literally went home (laughs)
0: <laughs> he, he believed it. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I imagine they probably did the same thing to the Roman ambassador.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, Shen Yen is way far away. It's going to take you like ten years to get there. <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> and unfortunately, they didn't have a whole lot of Alexander the Great types all the time, who would have seen it as a challenge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> once again, because fuck you, that's why.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, Tiberius, not a lot of stuff, but also, like, that is during the life and times of Jesus, and Pontius Pilate was- Pontius Pilate was one of his appointments, so, maybe. Tiberius shows
0: up for, like, five minutes every episode. Yeah. For a while, we don't even know it's him. He's just some guy (laughs) (laughs) chilling. He's reading poetry.
1: (laughs) He's in his villa, doing his weird shit, because- yeah, he was a weird guy. Um, He's invented
0: postmodernism <laughs> and pants.
1: <laughs> and he is corrupting Caligula. Oh, Caligula. <laughs> also, he didn't like to be referred to as Caligula. That was the baby name that people gave him.
0: Oh, uh, Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> so Caligula, well, literally you want me- to host an orgy on a boat? <laughs>
1: Caligula literally means little boots because when he was a toddler
0: <laughs> For sale, Caligula never worn So
1: when he was a toddler his mother used to dress him up in like a mini Roman legionaries uniform
0: <laughs> <laughs> you Lindsay, you should have just done Caligula This is the good shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> So of course, when Caligula is like being first introduced to like we have to have little boy run and ran in a little uniform. <laughs> but yeah, he turns into an awful monster. <laughs> yes. So when Uncle Tiberius finally kicks the bucket, allegedly Caligula might have assassinated him by, you know, smothering him because Tiberius was old and it was easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> Caligula first tries to be like the super populist. Uh Tiberius in his old age got really paranoid. And he had like prescription lists. People were dying all the time, or disappearing. Property was being seized, etc. So like the coffers were real great, but like the money out it was gone. Not great out it. How it was gone. Um. So Caligula famously like burned those prescription lists and then just like threw money to the crowd. Just orgies and games and banquets galore. We're gonna have fun times. <laughs> we're back baby uh, he has a weird relationship with his sister drusilla maybe incestuous maybe not but everybody at the time was like this is real weird you'd have a wife
0: yeah but <laughs> okay hang on hang on i got to ask because i just got a brain blast the guy from gladiator who was
2: that guy
1: um that was commodus uh he was the son of marcus aurelius That's more towards the beginning of the decline of the Roman Empire. Okay. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius is considered the last good emperor. Okay. And then it's just downhill from there. A couple of upticks mostly because of Aurelian, my underrated boy. (laughs) Uh, He got assassinated too soon. He got assassinated because of a fucking miscommunication. Uh. But that's the crisis of the third century. That's like way off from where we are.
0: Okay. That's a different HBO series.
1: Like, we're not even at Vesuvius erupting. That's a different dynasty's problem. Yeah. So, yeah, Caligula starts out fine, but then he goes crazy. It might have been because of lead poisoning. Because lead was used everywhere. It was even in the wine.
0: I mean, yeah, but Caligula sounds like the kind of guy who would also just eat lead on a bet. Yeah. <laughs> Emperor, this doesn't seem safe. Yeah, but he double-dog dared me.
1: <laughs> I gotta do it. <laughs> Um so yeah, like tries to make his horse a senator, try the whole like I conquered Neptune was to cover the fact that he checked out on trying to conquer Britain.
0: Conquered Neptune, does he mean the ocean or the planet?
1: The ocean. He ordered his legionaries on the beaches of northern France and Belgium to collect seashells and say, Yes we have conquered (laughs) We have conquered the sea (laughs) Yeah, this is gonna be mostly a serious drama but what I loved about Rome the series is that they took the piss out of so much of Rome (laughs) because it was fucking ridiculous (laughs) and this is just gonna be (laughs) this is You know what Caligula's raid reminds me of? It's gonna be, like, fucking generation kill, where the officers are just incompetent, don't know what the fuck they're doing, doing weird shit, it's Captain America shooting at scraps of metal, everybody else is in the background going like, we're being led by a fucking idiot.
0: Did Caligula say that he was the son of Jupiter, or that he was Jupiter?
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he said both. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to live like a god. (laughs) And the Roman gods were somewhat more sober and restrained compared to their Greek counterparts.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. And I'm also Jesus! Sir, he hasn't even been born yet. No, no, listen, it's great. Listen, have some of this lead.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I think we could easily pound out Caligula in, like, ten episodes. He lived fast and he... He lived fast and he died young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're about at time. Okay. We still have to try and fit in Nero, or are you just going to say, and then Nero was there, and he was fine.
1: (laughs) Well, Claudius is probably, now that I think about it, probably going to be one season, and it's mostly him conquering Britain, but also, like, he also has his own family problems, and um, unlike Livia, his second wife, Agrippina, actually does poison everybody. (laughs) <laughs> also we have to cover his first wife's attempt to usurp him. It is so fucking stupid. This entire plan could be said to the Benny Hill theme. Like she she married another guy and everybody the guy that she wanted to put on the throne and everybody knew about it.
0: It really seems like every season and with every subsequent emperor this turns cl- this gets closer and closer to a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with black comedy.
1: Because Nero is a fucking hipster. He is a spoiled hipster. Oh, no. And he is 16 when he comes to the throne. Oh, no. <laughs> so he also tries to be the populist leader, but again, he's a fucking disaster. But there's also all this other stuff, and thank God there's competent people around him. <laughs> he eventually offs his mother. He tries to do it in the most dramatic way possible by, like, dropping the upper deck of her ship onto her. <laughs>
0: what? Why?
1: Because he's an artist!
0: That's why! (laughs) Why would you waste a perfectly good ship? Do you know how many orgies you can host in there? (laughs) And like, okay,
1: Nero probably didn't- He definitely didn't fiddle, but he probably didn't play the lyre while Rome burned, but at the same time, like, he really tried to gentrify Rome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He he made out of- he may not have played while Rome burned, but he definitely considered it. <laughs> yeah. For the aesthetic.
1: <laughs> if Rome had Starbucks. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, like, there's competent people. We can introduce the guys who would be important during the uh, Year of the Four Emperors, uh, Galba, Otho, Vitellius, and the eventual winner of Vespasian. We can bring back the vorina's pulo family we've gone through a couple generations of them being the povs because of the whole uh rome's client patron system Mm -hmm. so they've been clients to the julio claudi for a long time eventually got back into the good graces of the family and we see their adventures and their generations and all that they eventually side with the by the end they're gonna choose that winning side and we're gonna get to the flavians not in this series but like historically we're at the flavians okay So the highlights are going to be peace with Parthia briefly, uh, the brief annexation of the Bosporian kingdom, which is modern day Crimea and part of uh, southwestern Russia, the first Jewish-Roman war. We're going to introduce the guys from the year of the four emperors. We're going to have Boudicca's Rebellion up in Britain. Lady Bodacious. Oh yeah, it's going to be fucking epic. (laughs) That's going to be a big highlight battle there um the fire of rome and just nero being the biggest hipster hot mess ever nice. oh boy <laughs> yeah and unlike the first time hbo did a rome series we're going to have the budget to do it
0: exactly because we've got all that game of thrones money now
1: oh yeah and we have got
0: better tech Ro- rome probably did not have dragons so we don't have to spend money on them <laughs> Alright, Lindsay, normally this is the time where I would ask if you had anything else to add, but I know that you do.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Is there anything else very important that you need to add? Um, hopefully after the successful epic, we can
1: do a prequel series set during the fallout of the Second Pienic War, and we can talk about the Gracchi and uh, Marius and Sulla, and then we can do a sequel series about the Cresses of the Third Century, because that was actually a really interesting time. Alright. And... Aurelian is so underrated
0: Yes So we'll get to that Further down the road Potentially Um, But for now Unise Tempus Quo et opera quasi Deserviens Utilitate nostre pares (laughs) Movies are the best Good movies Bad movies Original movies And remakes Yes Remakes too my name is Sam Gash, and every other week, I invite a guest to discuss a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade. Together, we figure out the best way to remake that movie. My podcast is called Ideal Remake, and Ideal Remake is available wherever you get your podcasts. That's <laughs> a promo. I don't know if there's any podcasts about archaic Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, where canst thou be found on the Internatus?
1: I can be found on the Twitorium at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A. And you can get to all my other social media bullshit from there. Tanner, where can people f-
0: find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for notify but you first. And they're pronounced COIGULA! You can also
1: email us at notafarebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite piece of Roman graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to choose from. That's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it in audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You can even ask to be a guest, but if you do... Make sure you send us the send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised.
0: We have a Patreon that we're not going to talk about because there's still many things going on in the world that require assistance that are more important than giving us financial money. Um, for example, there is the situation in Texas because there's still mutual aid that needs handling down there, but also Mississippi as well has been kind of flown under the radar in terms of international news, and so if you can donate to them, they are having a serious water crisis there. There are also a lot of First Nations communities in Canada that are having serious water crises, um, so if you can donate to them or have help support legislature that would make it mandatory for them to get clean water because it's kind of fucked up how so many governments don't require people to have clean water Mm -hmm. um but yeah those are important things that you should focus on instead of giving us money that being said there are some people that are able to do that and support us financially so we do want to give a shout out to our patrons theo rem julia christina cassidy and charlie thank you all and besides, it is still just as helpful to us to support us by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then talk to me and I'll get us in there.
1: Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows to share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter.
0: We also have a Corner pod Network Discord channel that you can find through links that we have on our Twitter, and if you can't track those down, just DM me or Christina on Discord and we'll invite you ourselves. Or Twitter, if you can do that too. <laughs> and last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay. What
1: will we be doing next week?
0: Well, next week, it's been so long since we've had a guest on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, We're actually doing a double feature. We're having two guests on the podcast. And they are going to help us just completely tear apart and build back together from the ground up the Awful Wizard books. Yay! But we can worry about that next week. Not if we reboot you first.
1: Bye!